Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Bashamania. This is episode 18, and today we have another Oklahoma State Cowboy on the show. Three-time NCAA champion, Hodge Trophy winner, U.S. Open winner, Alex Derringer is going to stop by. I don't know Alex that well, so I'm, I'm grateful to be able to have a quick conversation here with him and kind of get to know him a little bit and catch up with him. This this last year has been just nuts for him. The last couple of years, he's just behind Kyle Dake, who's a two-time world champion, and he's trying to crack that lineup. He has the talent, he has the potential, but he hasn't been able to do it yet. And now, with it being an Olympic year, he has to go up to 86 kilos, and boom, David Taylor is there waiting for him. So I'm curious to hear what his perspective is going into this Olympic trial season. We're just a few days out from the Bill Farrell where he's going to be competing in his first tournament, 86 kilos, and I am pumped to dive into this conversation. Before we do, if you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe. There are so many more great episodes I plan on bringing to you, and leave this show a five-star review. If you enjoy the show, it helps others. Let them know that you like this podcast and they're more likely to listen to it. It's a circle of life. And let me know what you're thinking. I so appreciate you guys who leave comments and quotes and tag the show. And I love seeing where you're getting value and where you're getting entertainment in the podcast. So be sure to subscribe. Send me any feedback you want. Send me any names of any wrestlers you'd love to see on the show. That said, let's get into the reason you're here. Episode 18, Alex Derringer, the Bashmania podcast starts now. It's Bashmania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashamania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Mr. Alex Derringer, how are you? I'm good, you? I'm good. I'm pumped to have you on because our paths haven't crossed before this, but I'm obviously a fan. I think you're incredible what you do, and you're hard not to be a fan of. And I don't say that that often, but I think the way you wrestled, the way you carry yourself, the way you represent, it's hard not to be a Derringer fan. So I'm excited to kind of dive into a little bit of your mindset and kind of your history and hear a little bit from from your mouth on, on why you do different things so let's start in the beginning you grew up in wisconsin correct yeah yes port washington wisconsin about 30 minutes north of milwaukee okay and what got right, you started right wrestling what did or how both really what and how so i started i actually started in summer school it was summer and i decided to go into a wrestling class uh the high school High school coach was uh, teaching it, and I guess I was just throwing everybody around. <laughs> Shocker. And, uh, they, they, yeah, <laughs> they decided it, for me to go to the wrestling club the next year, and I thought it was a good idea, so I did, and I uh, didn't turn back ever since. And when did you know you were good? Like, your teacher obviously said you were th- – teacher, coach, whatever, said you were throwing people around. Did you know right away you were good and you had talent? or yeah, What was so, that like? 
the next year I went out, I went up to the club, like I said, and I'd end up taking second in state. So I, wow. I've always been pretty, pretty, really good at wrestling. I've been, I'm very, I'm very, very competitive. Anything I do, whether it's air hockey, ping pong, it doesn't matter. I'm going to, I'm going to give it my, my best effort every single time. And I, my hatred for losing, <laughs> losing really, really helps me with that. For, <laughs> sure. for sure. So as you're young and, and you are incredible already, what did you do to continue to get better? Like, if you're already that good, I feel like maybe I was never that good at anything because I'd be too cocky real quick. Like, how did you continue uh-huh. to get better knowing how good you were? So my parents my parents were great. They knew exactly what they had to do. They, they took me to the best practice partners, um, best coaches, biggest tournaments. They did everything that they needed for me to be the best wrestler I could be. And, uh, you know, I wrestled with, you know, I, I don't know if you ever heard of Jesse Silky, but he made the Olympic team yep. and then two world teams out in Greco. And he was the one that I wrestled with growing up my since fifth grade or actually fourth grade. And he used to just throw me around like a rag doll. <laughs> so I, I got to I got to wrestle with him every day. And I think that's one of the biggest things that helped me. And along with, like I said, I got good coaches. And then I also I was going to national tournaments every other weekend. And if I wasn't going to national tournament, I was going to two two tournaments Saturday and Sunday in Wisconsin, just trying to get more wow. matches in. So I was constantly constantly wrestling doing everything I needed to, to, like I said, be the best wrestler I can be. So, and always trying to, to do whatever would continue to make you a better wrestler. I'm assuming that's what led to you going to Oklahoma state. I mean, it obviously worked out three-time national champ. You won a Hodge trophy. Like you made the right call, but what led you to Oklahoma state? So actually I was planning. I almost went to Wisconsin because Jesse actually, he got a, he Signed there or whatever, so I was like, all right, that's probably he, my, he was my best friend growing up, and I thought that'd be a good good idea to go to the same place he was at. And I ended up coming to a visit. Got a call from Coach Smith, coming to a visit, and I mean, I came here and I knew this was the place to be. Even after going to Wisconsin and having a really really good time, it just this place just felt like home. Um, and the biggest thing that really got me here was the statistics, you know, because I heard Coach Smith when I when he when he talked to me, we we're we we're one on one, we we're talking right before. Uh, you know, he really tried getting me. And he's telling me how ever since 1908, there's been an Olympian that came out of Oklahoma State. So I was like, that's that's the best chance of me <laughs> being an Olympic champ. That's, ultimately, that's the biggest, that's that's my ultimate goal is to be an Olympic champ. So hearing that right there was really, really what reeled me in. So was it only between Oklahoma State and Wisconsin? Like those were the two schools you knew it was going to be one those of? Were my, so I had four schools that I, I narrowed down to. I narrowed down to those two and then also Michigan and Central Michigan. Michigan, okay. they have obviously they have really nice academics and really nice yep. uh, facilities and stuff. So I put that into a factor. They had a good coach at the time as well. And then I also had Central Michigan because one of my high school coaches was really good friends with them. Um, Sean Bormet, or not Sean Bormet, sorry. Uh, gosh, what's his name? I, I can't remember his name, but he was really good uh, friends with my uh, coach from high school. Yep. And uh, he was told me he was a really good coach. So I looked into him and I really liked him as well. So those are my top four picks. Obviously, I had a lot of other schools I could have went to, but those are the ones I narrowed it down to. So, Yeah, and, and again, it obviously worked out, so I'm always just curious what led to the decision. And then moving past college, you've obviously continued to train there at the Oklahoma RTC, and things are obviously, again, going good. You recently won the Yosardo Goo. You're, you're right there at 79 kilos. What was the transition like from college to the senior level you know, I'm always fascinated because it's obviously such a different coaching realm where you're no longer the, you know, a college coach is, is usually 
the, the biggest coach in your life. And then you don't lose that, but they maintain their college focus. What was it like for you transitioning to that senior level training? Well, obviously there's always going to be like from high school to college is that jump, you know, I mean, physically wise and just, yep. but there's just going to be better authors when you get to the next level. So definitely go into the next level that you, you, you really don't know who you're going to go up against either being in the uh, international, you know, you go, you go to different parts of the world. You don't, you never wrestled these guys before. So it's kind of, it's definitely a different approach you have to take. And like I said, everyone's freaking really, really, really good. You know, college, you, you'll find some guys, everyone's pretty good in college, but internationals, like I said, it's just that next step and it's, it's a lot harder, but then again, I, I really, really enjoy it. Freestyle is definitely my, my favorite style. And, uh, yeah, I'm really, really enjoying it though. It's been, it's been a really, really big pleasure for me. This just traveling the world and be able to do what I love. So it's awesome. And, and speaking of transitions, you're also transitioning now to 86 kilos where you're wrestling at the feral next week, right? Yes, sir. So how has that transition to 86 been? I mean, you, even at a 79-kilo guy, you look like an 86 guy. Is it more natural for you now? Yeah. So I, I've always wrestled a lot better when I'm strong and bigger. So yep. me making the decision to go up to 86, I think, was way better for me. Because me going, if I had to go down to 74 kilos, that's 163. And I, I mean, that's a big cut. I cut, <laughs> yeah. I, cut a lot of, I cut a lot of weight in college. And I think my body really took a toll on that. So I, I think it's just better for me, just health-wise and just later in life for me to go up and just, you know, get bigger. And I think the biggest the biggest change, though, is just getting used to that lifting all the time. I'm yeah. on a four-day lifting plan right now, and it's just it's sometimes hard to balance that with wrestling at the same time. You, you lift, and then you come into practice that day, and your legs are just heavy as heck, you know? So I think my body's just getting used to that whole lifting thing, but I'm really I'm, – I'm getting really, really strong, and I'm seeing a lot of improvements in, in my wrestling as well, so – just got to stay, make sure I'm staying, getting my stretching up, you know, because you kind of get tight from lifting all the time. So just changing a few things up, but I'm really, really enjoying the, uh, the new uh, the new weight class. So, and and is, is a lot of that, like, self-awareness or is a lot of that coaching? Like, how much of that is you thinking, I need to do this or I should lift more? Like, how much of that is just self-awareness and how much of that is more coach-driven? Um, Now it's, it's pretty much all on me. I'm, I've been wrestling... 20 years now so i know what my body needs and i know yeah. what i need to do you know i've you know i've done a lot of i've done a lot of wrestling in my life and i'm, I'm pretty good at it for myself so i'd say so I think, yeah so i think just just experiencing everything i think i know i think i know what my body body really needs so i got a pretty good feel for it and you know speaking of you being pretty good like it's obviously easy to say that but like you're right there behind at 79 a now two-time world champ Dake at 86 you know there's David Taylor who's a world champ what is your mindset like knowing you are so good but you have such good talent to beat like i i don't know if it's ignorant to say but like if you win a gold medal in 2020, one of your toughest matches to that path could be here in the U.S., which is kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. hard. I don't want to say it's hard to say because I don't want to put down talent. Like you got guys like Yazdani, 86 kilos. That that's that's tough. But knowing that there's so much domestic talent and depth, what is it like to try to break through? To you know, it's not like it's just having a good day or bad day. Like you, you got to beat the absolute best yeah. of the best what's that like you know i think it just drives me more obviously it obviously it's gonna make it a lot harder for uh me to make a team and everything but i think it just just pushes you that much more to 
to really to really make it to the top. Because like you said, I know I I am right there. I know it's just gonna it just drives me that much more because I know I'm not right there. You know, I'm so close. I'm so close to the pin the top of wrestling. You know, so I think that's what's keeping me going and keeping me so driven is how close I really am. You know. And do you is there a level of like just you you don't beat Dake and then it's like okay back to the drawing board. Is it a self-awareness process of like what should I do different or what should I do more? Like how do you try to bridge that gap? Like if there's somebody listening right now that is on the fence of winning a title, winning a tournament, cracking the lineup, whatever the case is, like what would you say is is the key that you focus on to try to close that gap or to try to break through? Like what do you try to focus on? You got to make changes. I think. I think that's the biggest thing. If you stay the same, obviously you're not you're not going to get any better, right? So you got to you got to keep evolving, keep keep changing your game up because you know there's there's film everywhere. People can watch your film and figure you out after after they watch you a few times, you know. So you you really got just got to keep evolving and keep uh keep progressing in the sport. And I think if you do that, it's going to be hard to for people to keep up with you, you know, because you're constantly changing and people won't know what to do, you know. Like come almost like what Kyle Dake did to me. You know, he came in with a totally different game plan, and I was not—I wasn't in my element at the time. I wasn't—I wasn't feeling myself because he threw me off. You know, and I didn't—I yeah. didn't adjust. I didn't—I didn't change my game plan. So it's—I think that's—I think that's one of the biggest things: just adapting, and evolving in the sport. And I imagine it's a pretty quick turnaround. Like, there's really no time to feel sorry for yourself. Like, it, it's interesting. I've never been in that position, so it's hard to even fathom yeah. it. But it's like you you know you're right there. You want it so bad, and then it doesn't happen. I feel like I would just yeah, go, go sit in a room and just, like, turn on the TV for a week. But there's no time to do that. Yeah, that's how I felt. I'm not going to lie. That's how I, I felt down on myself for a few days, or at least a couple of weeks after that match. You know, it makes you feel like you're you're not that good, you know? Right. I know I am, but it, it definitely it gets in your head that way. So you just got to – you just got to – you gotta have a short memory, pretty much. You gotta think about the next thing. Can't 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 dwell on the past, you know. And how you do you do that? Like it's it's obviously easier said than done. Like you know the right thing to do, even right after the match. You know how to get back to the grind. Like, are there yeah, certain yeah, things yeah. you focus on? Ah, uh, yeah. Just you just gotta get back out there and keep wrestling. If you, I mean, the only only way you can get better is if you go out there and wrestle. So I. I took a couple of days off and I got right back to, and to, just to get my confidence up, you know, get, get my confidence in the room. If I'm in the room wrestling hard and beating people up, that, that should give you your confidence back, you know? So you just don't want to, you don't want to take, you don't want to stop and just oh, take three weeks off, four weeks off and not think about wrestling at all. You know, you gotta, you gotta think about the problems you had in those matches. And why, and why you lost, you know, you gotta come back and get on your high horse and keep plugging away. And is there a bit of listening to coaches at that point? Like even saying that, like, okay, I know myself. I'm wrestling for 20 years. I know what I need. Is there a point when you just kind of say, even though I know what I need, what do you think? And you just kind of blindly trust? Yeah, yeah. It's always it's always nice to have someone else to listen to. You know, I, having a, having a coach, having a mentor is is huge in wrestling. You know, having someone to listen to, have someone to look up to, and really listen to. I I think that's really good. But like I said, at, at this point in my career. I pretty much know what I need, but yeah, having more people to listen to and have having people to lean on, I think is a is a big help as well. You can't, you can't do it yourself. You can't always do it yourself. 
Yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of people feel like they do, like that you get into a, a, a rhythm of just trying to better yourself or trying to improve and, and looking within to almost to a fault where it's like, okay, get out of your own head and kind of take an outsider's perspective. And I imagine you've had to do that a number of times throughout your career. Let me ask you this. What is the difference that you feel mentally if you lose to Dake in a Final X match versus winning a, an NCAA championship? Do you find a difference in your attack to get better? And is it easier to do one or the other? Like, because I like saying that you're so competitive, I would almost imagine that you're more driven, let's call it two months later, when I lose, after losing than winning. Yes, yes. Yeah, I've, I've, I've say this all the time. Whenever I lose, I've always gotten 10 times better just because of my hatred for losing so much, you know? I never want to, I never want to feel that feeling again. So it pushes me that much more to, be better you know so winning so much in college how did that how, how did you find the fuel then if you're winning a national championship and now it's like okay that was fun let's do it again like how do you stay as driven because i've talked to i've talked about it all the time with guys like i was just talking with burrows not too long ago where it's like when you're on the top it's hard to stay motivated it's hard to be motivated yeah, yeah. if you're not hungry like when you're winning how are you staying motivated to that same level that's a good point. My senior year, I started, you know, I was obviously, one, I won 83 matches straight, I believe, in college. By my senior year, I was starting to actually feel that way. Like, it was just almost almost getting boring, almost, in a way. You know? Right. But I just found way, new ways to keep, keep getting motivated. But like you said earlier, me, me whenever I lost, is always when I, I always got better the most. So, it, it, that's why, you know, me losing Dake was a, actually a blessing in disguise, you know. If, that's, if, if I look at it the right way, you know, you can... It, you don't look at the right way; it can, it can go for the worst. But I and always it, gotten better, like I said. And it takes time. Like it's definitely not one of those things. Like I love losing. Like a year later, I love when I lost a year ago. Yeah. I hate when I lost like yesterday or today. Like you, yeah, there, you sure. can't just lose and then say, "Okay, year from now, I'm gonna be grateful." Like it's definitely it takes so much to get back up, and I think it says a lot about someone. Like yeah, a lot of people don't like losing, but I think it takes a lot to not only get to the point from the loss to looking back and being grateful for loss. But I know from, from talking to, to different guys like you that, that are so good, that's like, man, it's almost better. Like I, I was just talking to Taylor about it where it's like, you know, w what do you think your perspective is going to 2020 where other people can build momentum? It's like, I have to look at it. Like I'm, I, I recovered, so I, I was able to rest, and I can kind of try to peak different. Like, everybody has to have a different perspective because you have to. Yeah, for sure. And, but I do think that the similarities there of I like the, the loss, again, later. So it's interesting that you, you kind of kind of played right into that, exactly how I thought it would. Like, yeah, it's almost easier once you lose, like, looking back than, than winning. How have you noticed lately, like, when you win something like the Yasar Dogu, which is such yeah. a tough tournament, how does that impact your training? Or how does that impact your mindset? Does it more, again, going back to the gaining more from, from losing, does it kind of set your confidence in a direction? Or what's it like to win a tournament like that in the midst of it all? Don't get me wrong. Winning always gives you more confidence as well. The better, you know? Oh, totally. Confidence, I don't know. Yeah. So, like, me winning a big tournament like that obviously can propel me. But even me winning that tournament, I had two my last two matches. I didn't I didn't win by that much, and so I still took I still took some negatives away from that tournament, even though even though I did win, you know, because I if I don't dominate somebody, I'm not I'm usually not pleased in my in my performance. 
And I think that's what helped me dominate so much in college. And because if I didn't get a major decision or bonus points for my team, I would, I'd be furious, furious with myself. Not, yeah. not if I lost, if I didn't get bonus points. So it's, I think that's one thing that's helped me um, win a lot too, is because I'm not just trying to go out there and win by a point. I'm trying to go out there and, and dominate. And I think that's, that's what helps me. If, if I'm wrestling really a guy, I go out there and win by six points instead of, instead of one, you know? Right. So I think that's helped me a lot. And then, you know, speaking of like help and training all that, what, what do you do when you're, when you're not actually wrestling? Like you're not in school anymore. You're, you're just full-time training. What do you do when, when you're not training, when you're not in the wrestling room or in the weight room? Like, what do you, what are you staying busy with? I, uh, I'll play some ping pong. We'll come at night and play some spike ball. So I just like doing anything competitive, really. I play Fortnite. Anything that keeps me competitive, I, I love it. So I like hanging out with my friends, doing anything, just having fun, you know. But mainly there's not – there's still a pretty small town, so there's not too much to do around here. So a lot of, a lot of time I'm just relaxing. So I do work out so much. So when, I, when, I am rest, when I'm not wrestling, I'm pretty much relaxing, just chilling out, hanging with family. My parents live here, so I go by their house. My Dude. brother lives here with his baby, so I go hang out with my <laughs> nephew. I saw that on Instagram. So Adorable. <laughs> Yeah. Speaking of Instagram, actually, what is it like? Because I, I, you know, I'm 33. I grew up where I didn't have social media in in high school, really. Like, I didn't get Facebook until 2008 after I launched my company, which was four years after I finished high school. I didn't go to college, so I can't talk about college. But how has the the rise of social media? I mean, like, I think it's fascinating, by the way, that your first Instagram post was after you won the national championship, and it's like, yeah, that was fun. I'm a national champion. Like, that's a pretty good way to to join Instagram. What made you get on Instagram and get on social? And how much do you focus on on the brand building side outside of you know your your training for competitions? Oh, I wish I did do it more. I'm not much of this. I, I don't mind looking at it, but I don't really like posting too much. I don't. I'm, I don't know why I don't, I don't, I don't really know why I don't like posting. It's just not yeah. really, I'm not much of a social media guy, but I does. I do think having a good social media presence is really, really good for your brand. And I do need to get better with it. But yeah, I think, I think it's really helped with athletes nowadays, especially for, you know, getting even like help, like you said, helping their brand, helping athletes get more money, you know, than, than be able to promote themselves a lot more. I think it's, I think it's good for the sport, but then again, I'm not really like I said. I'm not really into social media. I wish I was. More yeah. Into it. Do Do you find that it's a distraction, or do you do you just not interested yeah. in it? Like you don't get entertainment from yeah, it, I or think, what? I, I think I care. I think I care too much what people think. So I yep. some of the comments I read sometimes I really don't like it. So just I just it's just not really my thing. But like I said, I need to get better with it. That's for sure. What What made you go on Instagram when you joined it? Um, it's just my friends. Everyone else was doing it, so I thought it would be. <laughs> I thought it'd be good. Like you said, building my brand too, just getting yeah. more people to, to real recognize and realize, you know. Yeah, I mean, people think because I run a digital and social agency that like I'm in love with, with these social networks. Like, I'll be honest, I literally only joined them a few months after I started my company, and I just realized very early on the behavior connection of how people yeah. use it and how easy it is to connect with people. Like I connected with Jordan Burroughs over Twitter. Like I'm like, Hey yeah. man, this was like a little bit before he won the Olympics. I'm like, was, I think it was after NCAAs. I reached out and like, dude, you know what? I've worked with, with Cal Sanderson and Jake Varner. And I think you're going to be an Olympic gold medalist. I, I'd love to work with you too. And we stayed in touch. And then he won the Olympics. We 
we're close friends now. We've been at each other's weddings. Like, I think it's incredible what social media can do for you. But I only, Yo, sure. I, I only started it after I started my company because I saw the the brand potential. And it's it's interesting now to see high school and college kids that are like obsessing over it. And I'm kind of in the middle. Like, yeah, I, I get it. You're building your brand, but I'm like, how is it not more of a distraction? Like, that's yeah. For sure. When they're posting every day, just posting about like ridiculous stuff, that's when it starts almost consuming their lives. You know, that's all they that's all they care about. So, right. I try, I try not to. Like even even myself, I I find myself going on Instagram all the time, just looking, just looking yeah. at random stuff. You know, I'm not not posting much, but I'm still looking. Yeah. Keep it up. You know, so it's. But I like I love social media, but I hate it at the same time. Yeah, I, I think that's how most people are. I mean, I think that there's definitely so many pros and cons. I mean, we're living in a, in a time yeah, where sure. everybody's comparing themselves to everything they see, and they're not, mm-hmm. you know, happy because it's robbing their joy. And at the same time, like somebody like you, like you are the the more you do now, the more you build your brand. The more if you go win a gold medal next year, you know, brands are looking at your number of followers, your number of yeah, likes, like they're sure. looking at that. Do you, do you like, I mean, I'm not going to repeat myself again because you said it, you already answered my question of you, you think you have to get better. Do you, do you focus on that much? So like the brand building side of it, or do you just kind of let it be? And when you post, you can post. That's pretty, yeah, I pretty much just let it be. I just post when I post, you know, when I'm feeling like I want to post, I'll post something. Yeah. But I'm not constantly like, Hey, you know, trying to get people. And if you want a clinic, Get, send me an email or something like that. I'm a, I really don't do that yet. But yeah, I'm sure once I just start coaching and stuff, I think I'll be more onto it, uh, into it. But yeah, once I really get into my my full my you know, my life career, you know. But yeah, as of right now, I'm really just trying to focus on myself and be the best wrestler I can be. And I think me not focusing on uh, social media, I think, will help me be better. Yeah, I personally think so. And you got to know yourself. Like everybody says, you know, like there there, there yeah. are so many pros and cons and you know, I think especially is, it's nuts that it's already November. Like even looking at the the Bill Farrell next week. Like I live in upstate New York, so it's like an hour flight. And after I saw all of you guys that are going, I'm like, "Okay, I have to go to this tournament." Like it's just nuts. It's already stacked and I'm like, man, it's crazy that it's November already. And like Olympic trials are six months away. How are you feeling towards all of your preparation? Oh, I'm doing great. Like I said, I've been lifting a lot, getting getting really strong. Uh, I'm not cutting any weight, so I'm gonna be, be nice and fresh. I'm I'm ready to go. I'm nice and explosive, ready to ready to run through some people. So I'm I'm really, really excited. I love it, man. Well, listen, I'm gonna let you go. I'm gonna let you go compete. <laughs> at some things i'm sure you're headed somewhere to compete and then i look forward to seeing you compete next weekend heck yeah thanks for thanks for talking to me and that's today's episode thank you guys so much for listening be sure to subscribe send me your feedback let me know what other wrestlers you want on the show if you guys want even coaches or whoever let me know send me some feedback and i'll see you guys next time see ya and the beat goes on